Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans Now. We have a return guest uh, on the podcast today. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, it is the one and only Clara. How are we doing? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? Oh man, I'm not too bad. I'm shattered. And I never knew that being an online coach, you could be shattered, but it's just my eyes are hurting. <laughs> Hence, and uh, put the fun goggles to go with it, right, if anyone's as, watching this. <laughs> as I was going to say, if you're watching on YouTube, hence why the bullet blockers. Um, but anyway, less about me, because uh, people who listen to this, they probably, they probably know um, what I'm doing every second of every day from Instagram. But let's hear about yourself. Give us an update on how have you been since the since the last time you were on the podcast. Talk us through you know, what's been going on since then, how lockdown was, etc., etc. <laughs> Yeah, so we recorded our last podcast literally maybe like a few days after the gyms closed. Um, It'd be interesting actually to go back and listen to it now and just see what I was saying at the time. Probably not much has changed in terms of my approach and where I'm at. Um, Obviously, the last six months have just been, you know, intense to put it one way. Um, I think a lot of us have been struggling with the uncertainty of it all. and a lot of what I think has got me and what I've tried to implement with my clients through this lockdown period, as in gym closures and, you know, even now moving past um, and into like new restrictions as of this week, for example, is making sure that we're focusing on what we can control and controlling the controllables and finding certainty in knowing that we're still going to get up, we're still going to go, we're still going to train wherever we can train um you know during lockdown obviously in our living room and now in gyms um and just taking it day by day so in that lockdown period obviously we started a recomp pretty much as soon as gyms close for six and a half weeks and then i have now been in a push like gaining phase this is now week 21 um which will be ending monday um after about 20 21 weeks of pushing my body weight up so i'm kind of i'm really excited to see um the second recomp ever what what it feels like what it looks like being back in a gym obviously i wouldn't have to be doing you know 15k runs um all that sort of <laughs> shit <laughs> Whew, thank yeah, goodness for that yeah. so yeah no, i am really really excited no i it's good to actually it's good to hear it from your perspective because like because i know how things have been for you and I, yeah i know what i know what your plans are and, <laughs> and whatnot but other people don't so it's, yeah. it's good to to kind of hear you talk it through but um i think you you know the six the six week recomp we did in lockdown i think everybody did a recomp it was the perfect opportunity to do that um and you know very fortunate now that with these this new announcement that the gyms are um staying open so you won't have to go back to back to that but um i still i still always forget that it was your first ever recomp yeah. like this year. When you said that, you were like, I'm so proud of this first recomp. I was like, wait, what? But then I know. when I think back, it was right. And I guess, that this that I know I've not actually written this question down, but it'll kind of lead us into the, the topic of, you'll get many bikini girls out there, figure girls, you know, model girls, whatever it is, that will constantly go through just preps, massive bulks, preps, massive bulks, Having done both, you know, from one year to the next and then then done a recomp, what was it like for you mentally? Was it different? Did you, was it weird? You know, talk us through that. I mean, I think the first thing to say is that doing a recomp and doing a recomp without a gym are perhaps 
two quite different things. Um, what I enjoyed about the recon most was that before that kind of, I'd only ever dieted, properly dieted for 18 plus weeks for a photo shoot or for a show. So I had never done like a, like an actual normal dieting phase for six and a half weeks or for kind of like a more limited period of time. So I actually found that to an extent it was easier to just focus and get through it and get through the day. Um, I suppose like it, it can be a little bit different because the goal isn't to step on stage at the end. So you need to be a little bit maybe more strict with yourself because um, sometimes what people find that, you know, the focus is, oh, you know, I need to be lean for this photo shoot. When that's not really at the end, then you need to really be motivated uh, and, and maybe like understand the reasoning why you're trying to do a recomp, like what what's the purpose of it. And if the purpose of it is to then be able to go into push phase and get more calories in, which means that whenever you do start another prep, your food's way higher, Mm-hmm. then you know i'm all in sign me up um so yeah it was it, you know it was enjoyable it was weird because obviously i just like finished well i got redeployed into a new job um i was looking at a gp surgery my job is usually super active whereas i was then working an office job uh you know you were allowed one walk a day i was like well how the fuck am i supposed to get my fifteen thousand steps in this one walk that's not gonna work yeah. um and again just training from home and trying to stimulate the muscle that you feel like you've built and that you know you've worked so hard to build uh that was a bit difficult but yeah i think that having that sort of short-term focus um was really really helpful and i think it just contextualized bodybuilding a bit more in that when you're prepping it just feels like it goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks and you're still dieting and you're still seven weeks out and you've still got all this long time but actually you know six and a half weeks i was like well that's a third of a prep like you know, it's not just keep going and then you bulk for however many weeks. And again, it's done like that, like 22 weeks. That's how long my prep was last last year. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, last year you, you qualified for finals and we pushed it another five weeks. Yeah, yeah. So in total, it ended up being like 24 weeks. Yeah, so, yeah. Which, you know. You're, you're right. It's, it's a very long period. But I think it's, it's certainly a good point to discuss because a lot of people are all in or all out. And there's no in between. And they're yeah. either you know, bulking to get fat or they're not even thinking about the bulk, they're not even tracking the calories or anything or they're, they're diehard prep. There's very little in between. So I think that it certainly, I from my perspective, I think teaches a lot of first-timers out there discipline. Oh, 100%. And the discipline that they'll need for, for prep. But um, I guess, yeah, that get, kind of gets us into today's episode, which is kind of all about the psychology and mindset of being a whether you're a first time bikini girl or second third time whatever it is i think that you know this is a topic that you have an authority to speak on being uh you know high level bikini girl but also you know being an exercise psychologist as well <laughs> um um and there are many girls i know that look up to you um that you are a, a good sort of figure not necessarily like the the category figure but you, you know what i'm trying to say figure in, in terms of you're a massive inspiration to them um, and even the girls that come to the brand the, the new ones i'll work with uh, they all say that you know clara's goals um which That's is that makes me blush thank you so uh, much to anyone which, who has which, it which that, that doesn't awesome. make me blush um, <laughs> but you know it wasn't too long ago that that clara was a first time bikini girl and yeah. and clara perhaps was was on instagram you know maybe looking at other other female competitors that have been doing the do like you have done for a few years so I kind of want you to discuss 
did you do that? You know, was it destructive? Um, and and potentially how destructive that could be for someone's own, you know, personal journey, their self worth. You know, talk us through all that if you could. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the thing with social media is that we well, it was designed as a tool, and we use it like it's a like it's a drug basically, and it's very very hard to create boundaries in a space where no boundaries exist. And what I mean by that is that it's very easy to follow one bikini girl to the next, to the next, because they've all tagged the PCA in their photos. They only post their photos of when they're shredded and they only talk about their good days. So it's very easy to just look at all this information and get super overwhelmed. You can search, I searched the hashtag, you know, PCA Midlands, whatever the fuck show I was doing for in the first year. And like, I was looking at girls who were like figure competitors and I was like, oh my God, they're Jack. I'm, I'm against them. Obviously I knew nothing about bodybuilding at the stage. Um, but even some of the girls that I thought might've been at the same time, like on stage at the same time as me, which ended up being, you know, I was looking at them on Instagram, just panicking, thinking, whoa, like, of course their shoulders are bigger than mine. This is this, this is that. <laughs> their posing is better than mine. Um, and it can be totally destructive because Hey, when you're prepping or even like in a building phase, you just don't have the time to be focusing on other people. Now, record this because I'll, I'll have to listen to myself say this in a few weeks time. But um, it is it, it can be really destructive to compare yourself to other people, especially when you have no idea how they're feeling, what their journey is, where they've been, what they were doing before they came into the world of bodybuilding. Like, you just cannot compare yourself to them. And even if you were to look at someone who were like, oh my gosh, very similar backgrounds, very similar physiques, and you're kind of like still envious of them, really ask yourself whether you would exchange your life for theirs. And that means everything, not just the gym they train at, not just the dog they have. I mean, everything and the answer is probably no um so it can it can be extremely destructive and that's why it's so important to really really audit your inner circle and we talk about this all the time the whole you know surround yourself and it's not just surround yourself physically or you know two meters apart or whatever the fuck the trick will be <laughs> but, but surrounding yourself online too in terms of making sure that the people that you're following and the people who's photos come up on your newsfeed they're not creating that sense of envy they're not creating that sense of they're better than I am they're creating a sense of wow that person really inspires me to step myself up as opposed to look at them and think I'm never going to be as good as them so it's a bit of a hard one and I think that depending on what stage you're at um some people can have a bit more of an influence on you than others like I know that for the last six weeks of prep so many people get muted on Instagram because I just can't be bothered. I don't have the time or the energy or the availability to, you know, to be comparing myself to other people when I've got six weeks left of prep. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in an off season, it's very easy, especially for females, to compare their off season to other girls. Oh, she's on so much more food than me. Um, she's made so much more progress than I have. Uh, she hasn't gained as much weight as I have. Um, oh, she's only five kilos above stage weight, which in my opinion isn't quite an off season, but that's a whole different story. Um, you know, and, and, and creating that comparison, it's just, it's not helpful. It's not productive. And ultimately it doesn't take you any closer to your goals by comparing yourself to other people. So again, 
it's so much easier than done, but really auditing your social media circle can make such a difference. If you keep seeing someone's like someone's page and they just piss you off, unfollow them, mute them, do whatever you need to do. Like it's not if it's not adding to your life, it's taking away from it. So um, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. I answered that question, but you certainly did because I feel that a lot of competitors are coaches, PTs, right? And they are like a small group of, like when you compare them to the world, a small community that's so fucking worried about what another coach thinks of them. Uh, 100%. Whether it's a post, whether it's their fucking physique, their content, whatever it is. Um, and I won't fucking bullshit. I used to be, I used to be like that way back, yeah. well, say back in the day, I mean like, you know, five years ago. Um, yeah. I, I used to be so concerned and used to try and like please everyone and, I think the minute that I stop giving a fuck about that, you you become a lot happier. But it, oh, I, definitely. I think definitely. that question just sort of stemmed from um, there's one one of the clients under the brand uh, who I work with, and she'll know who she is. Listen to this, um, who mentioned about there was kind of people having opinions that weren't in her circle, but she was letting them affect her, such as what you just said, mm-hmm. a comment on Instagram, or. You know, oh, so and so who's you know been competing for five years is up at, you know, three and a half thousand calories, and I'm always like, well, you know, unfortunately, Clara, you know, you're on two thousand four hundred or whatever it is. We're never going to be at three and a half, <laughs> not for no, no, maybe like in six years' times after, you know, you know, do the whole rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and even then, I mean, who doesn't matter? Like, is that gonna is that amount of food gonna get me to where I want to be? Probably not. One hundred percent. Now. For this next topic, what we wanted you to do was just try and immerse yourself in Clara's shoes in of twenty eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty eighteen was your first show, right? That's right. Yeah. I can't believe that, man. Yeah, it just seems like so, like so. I mean, to me, it seems like like five years ago, literally. But it genuinely feels like that too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but you know, I think we see a lot of first time competitors like they, they kind of they have a lot of negative self talk. And this is something that I know that you are quite big on. And in, in the webinars that we've done, um, you've always dropped some fucking awesome knowledge bombs. I know that you just answered some of it in what you just said, but um, if you could put yourself back in your shoes, was there any sort of really sort of poor negative self-talk that went on um, that you could relate to a first-time competitor now? And if so, like elaborating on the other strategies you've just said, um, yeah. you know, what other strategies could they use to overcome that? Mm-hmm. I think that one of the main things you will see, especially in first-time competitors, but also even in seasoned competitors, um, is the sort of negative talk in and around not being good enough and never being good enough. I think that a lot of the things that we see can be almost summarized into that. So I'm not lean enough. My delts are not big enough. My glutes don't pop enough. I don't this enough. A, B, C, D, enough. Never, 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 never enough. And you see that all the time and it's so so damaging because that sense of personal scarcity completely detracts from the things that we actually have accomplished um so it shifts the focus from the one percent that we think is the whole world and it makes you forget about everything else that you've done um so especially for first first time competitors you know they might think that oh they're four or five weeks out and they're not lean enough or they don't have enough muscle but they're completely disregarding that this is the first prep they've ever had. They've probably stuck to a diet and a training plan 
as like more rigorously than they ever have in their life they probably look the best they've ever looked in their adult life too and yes yeah and that small small piece of i'm not lean enough or i'm not as lean as whoever i'm comparing myself to or as 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 i should i think i should be well you've never been that lean so you've got no idea you know you, you, you just don't have a clue um and that the best way to combat it, I think, that, I mean, there's different strategies. I think journaling can be a really, really good way um, to keep yourself grounded uh, during that process and sort of like note down the experience because a lot, of, a lot of the time we look back at the really, really shit days of prep because there will be some really fucking shit days of prep. But you wake up the next day and you're like, I got through that. I didn't. You know, I didn't cave to like the cravings that I had. I still went and did my cardio, even though I put it off all day. I still fucking smashed it. Still went and trained. Still got all my meals in. Um, and I still, you know, managed to get to work and do whatever else I needed to do. And that's like focusing on those things and giving yourself a pat on the back for that can really, really help you help support that feeling of not being good enough because well, you were better than the day before or you manage better and you overcame that uh so kind of journaling and keeping yourself accountable in that way or noting down those experiences is a really really helpful way um another thing that i think is is useful is to notice that self-talk like listen to it listen to what it's happening what it's saying um indra laura and i we talk a lot about excuse me about negative nancy (laughs) sorry and you know we say oh i'm having a negative nancy kind of day like she's coming around and we always say okay we'll bring her in for coffee see what she has to say like have a chat with negative nancy and sometimes it's just about acknowledging that yeah you feel a bit shit like yeah you are gonna have some self-doubt you are gonna have some negative self-talk at some point because we all do but it's about noticing it acknowledging it and being like cool you had your say you can now move on. Like, I hear you, but this is not true. And, you know, I'm not good enough. Well, I actually am. I've accomplished this and that. And again, that sort of reflective process really fits in well um, with, you know, with the listening to that negative self-talk. And again, questioning it and even sometimes voicing that negative self-talk out to other people. Um, saying, oh, you know, I've, I've been telling myself this and someone will go, what what are you on about and they'll completely you know hammer that out um and having that reassurance in your inner circle can also be really important and you know if your inner circle is supportive of what you're doing that's awesome if not you might have a team you'll have your coach um you know we're we're really lucky to have that team we're really lucky you know to have coaches too so again uh, it's all about making sure that you've got those little bubbles and that you've got more than one leg under your table to sort of fall when you do have a bit of a wobble. Yeah, I'm, I was so glad that you said that. I was waiting for you to say it. I was, I was going to say, but what about having a coach and how that can help? Because yeah. using yourself as an example, um, you like to have a chat with, with Nancy uh, mm-hmm. quite often when you're yeah. in the print. And uh, you, do, you, you do like to, to invite her in for a coffee every day. And yeah. <laughs> But not only do you invite Nancy, and you invite... Vaughn in as well, and I, I'm fine. I don't mind me. I don't mind having a chat with Nancy every day, um, when exactly. you're th- when you're three weeks out. But it, it is amazing to see. I guess to give you uh, an anecdote from my end is that how the the difference in your mindset, how it shifts, literally like that. The minute mm-hmm. I'm like Clara, pull your fucking head out, you're actually great. Like 
here's a compar okay. here's a comparison mm -hmm. two days ago you look leaner and yeah. you know or, or you know what I mean or like you're like oh my god Vaughn I'm feeling really soft because we're on more food and blah blah I'm like Clara look you're a bit you know glutes are a bit fuller here delts a bit fuller and your condition's tighter and you go oh wow cool right I'm gonna smash it but exactly exactly like, and it can be so helpful I mean I suppose that's why having a coach is so important and having that relationship and building that relationship with your coach is so important too because you can't help me if I'm not telling you what I'm struggling with, right? And if one day I, I check in and I say, I don't feel that great, but then I get my feedback and you're like, you know, we're all looking awesome, this is this, it's all rationalized. We're at that point now where we've had this conversation so many times that I know that when you say that, I can totally trust it and I don't have to second guess it. I don't have, I'm not playing mind games. I just move on with my day. And it's the same now. And I suppose like with that negative self-talk sort of almost going back, moving away from prep and moving a bit more into weight gain, which I know we're going to talk about in a bit more detail in a second. Um, you'll have days where you feel better than others, where you feel like you look more conditioned, more lean, uh, fuller than other days. But it's the same whether you're prepping or whether you're pushing. Like I've had days where I weighed five kilos less than I do now, where I was like, I look shit. And I've had days now where... I'm like, I look fucking shit hot. Like, you know, and I'm okay to, I'm, I'm okay saying that now because yeah. I've sort of, I've built that in enough that I'm like that negative, you know, you're not good enough. I'm like, well, no, I, I am good enough and I'm better than I was before. And if I'm just using myself as a comparison marker, then I'm fucking happy. I'm sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's such a good point. And <laughs> what you just said kind of does take us into the, the next point, um, which people see the glitz, the glam, and kind of often that's what attracts many, I'd say many, many females um, to, to the stage, or let's say even to do a photo shoot, because that's another example of extremity dieting. Yeah. When when in reality, getting to there is the so opposite of glitz and glam. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> now, I obviously know how many calories last year you needed to, to drop to, how much output yeah. you needed to do to to get conditioned. So I thought that you could just talk talk to the, the ladies, the, the first-time competitors out there, um, or ones that are maybe thinking about doing it on, I don't want you to scare them, but I just want you to, to tell them, you know, how does it actually feel going through sort of weeks like that um, versus what they might perhaps think it might be. Let's talk about prep first, and then we'll talk <laughs> about an off-season. Cool. So with prep, it's it's a silver lining, right? I think the first two, three weeks of prep, you're, you start losing, losing body fat, you feel better, you're like, yes, this is amazing. And you kind of eventually arrive at a sweet spot where <clears throat> it's kind of where your body wants to stay. It's quite happy. You're in really good condition. Your performance hasn't suffered. You're not starving. You know, you're a bit tired, but it's kind of okay. And it's when you push past that, that's when shit gets hard. I remember last year, I think it was maybe like, eight or 10 weeks out, I just woke up one day and I was like, what has just happened? It just like hit me across the jaw, you know, without even, without any warning. So I think what you need to remember is that often the better you look, the more conditioned you look, it is very likely that the worst you're going to be feeling at that point. Ali and I were talking about this the other day, actually. And it's, you know, past that moment in the morning where you check in and you're like, yeah, I look sick the rest of the day. You're just like, oh, dragging your ass. You know, not all the time, but there will be days where energy's low, you're really cranky, you really, really don't want to go and train and you especially don't want to go and train legs. 
Um, you just cannot be fucked. The thought of cardio is painful. If you're planning on stepping on stage, the thought of having to pose after training before doing cardio, like it's just, it's Megan. It's not, it's not nice, but, and it's a big, but, um, I think the uh, people will say, okay, well, why the fuck would you do that? Then that sounds horrendous. And I think what gets a lot of value is seeing value in the process, but not just like in the ticking boxes, more so in the things that you need to develop, almost like the person you need to become in order to achieve that goal. Those skills that you develop in that process, those are invaluable. And those last way, way beyond your 16, 18, 20 week prep. Like those things are gonna see you through a lockdown in a pandemic, uh, for example, or just so much other shit because you've developed a level of discipline, focus and personal commitment that like what you're gonna get at the end, you know, is some really cool photos. And then, you know, the almost like the physique you've been sculpting and like, you know, leaning out for, it lasts, it's there for like the day, the week, peak week, and then you start working backwards. So, you know, you need to be really sure that the reason why you're engaging in this process isn't to achieve the physique, because you'll achieve the physique and then you need to be ready to be like, see you later, I'm cold, I'm hungry, and, 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 and move backwards. So, even though there will be days in prep that just don't feel good at all, like they feel really, really uncomfortable, you really will have to dig deep and push. It's about focusing on your why and focusing on what's really driving you to step on stage. Is it the fact that you've never, you know, never believed in your ability to actually see a diet through because you've always failed? I always give in. I'm just not good enough to diet. I don't, I'm not worthy. I can't look like that. I mean, I used to say that. I was like, there's no way I could look like that. What the fuck? No chance. Um, you know, when people text me, they'll be like, oh, you know, body goals. I'm like, how the fuck am I body goals? Like, I wasn't, you do know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't even make sense to me. So, but, but the things that eventually not just got me to that position from other people's viewpoint but the things that got me to that self-belief point was just that day in day out do the do focus on the task at hand get up you know make sure that I'm committed to the process make sure that I'm committed to myself make sure that I'm disciplined and that I'm doing what I need to do and ultimately that gets you there because uh, I was very much the person, you know, before I started working with you, I was struggling with binging disorder. I could not see myself ever dieting for more than five days without having a 48 hour, you know, binge fest um, and then torturing myself for the next five days mentally and physically to get rid, you know, I just, I couldn't ever see that happening. And when you do, and when you go, because I remember I was actually reading through my some of my really old check-ins a while ago. Um, and I remember reading like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, six months binge free. And I was like, fuck, like, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's not I'm six months binge free because I'm dieting for a show and like I need to do this. It's I've not had the urge to binge. I've developed, you know, skills that have supported me in the process. Yeah. And I'm doing this for nobody else but myself because it's almost like that bigger picture. I feel like I went off on one there, but... No, it's fine. I think it's good because it makes me realise... Well, maybe I should tell the listeners that Clara sent over her, I think it was 
checking 146, 147. 130, 30, uh, 38, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, a heck of a lot of check-ins. Yeah, basically. Right? <laughs> all, all in the one, all in the one document, right? But mm. um, if there was a, if there was a, you know, a definition of a box ticker, it would be, it'd be clara. But I think that because you've been so, well, I know I've requested that data, but <laughs> because you've actually written it down and. Um, for the past 137 weeks, I've written a small essay at the bottom of each check-in. Mm-hmm. You've been able to self-analyze and overcome any yeah. sort of, you know, whether you want to call them many demons or whatever that were ever there before. And, mm-hmm. for, you know, for you to say that, like, I, I'm thinking, I can't believe it's almost going to be three years. That, I know that's absolutely crazy. It's yeah. it, and, and how quickly time has gone. And even to think back to like the, well, I suppose that the, the the athlete that I was at the time I mean not that I saw myself as an athlete but the person that I was at the time um to who I've now evolved to be and now to be coaching other people in a similar position to where I was you know nearly three years ago um I mean it's pretty mind-blowing and again it's just about that I, I, I don't think I would be as good of a coach as I am now or like in other aspects of my life had I maybe not done these preps and it doesn't mean that you need to prep in order to be good at this shit but that level of you know rigorousness and just making sure that you do what you need to do every day it there's just not that many things that um that can teach you that especially when at the end okay you might get a trophy but like you don't get to keep that forever it's it's not like I'm thinking of comparing it, say, to like a university degree where you work on something for four years and then you've got the piece of paper for the rest of your life. With your physique, like, you just, it's a, it's an ongoing process. It's like, okay, then we're going to prep and then we're going to go into an off-season and then we're going to recomp and we're, we're going to, it's, it's, it's never ending. And yeah. that's the really cool thing about it, that you continue to work when there's no real finish line. Yeah. And if you're not willing to accept that there is no end finish line, that you do potentially want to be doing this maybe not stepping on stage, but certainly bodybuilding for the long term. Um, you really just need to love the process and really commit to that process too. 100% agree because uh, like if anyone's out there doing it for the trophies, I'm really sorry, you know, having a plastic trophy on your cabinet or a, a metal medal, which I do have one pinned up on my wall, it, it's not going to, you know, it, you don't do it for that. Any any, well, any proper bodybuilder will tell you it's, it, they do it for themselves, the journey and and this and the next thing but it's not worth it it's just not yeah 100% man the amount of people that give up bodybuilding because they didn't do well on the show is unbelievable and anyway I'm getting a little bit off off topic here um we talked about a prep now Mm. what I wanted you to talk about was and I'm going to be brutally honest here that there's a certain period of time when you're sort of first starting out when you do your first gaining phase Mm -hmm. where you just look kind of shitty right and you just kind of like you feel like you're not got much shape about you you're not that strong like and whatnot, and I just thought that's that phase is actually so important because you, you, people and yourself, you know, included, get very strong in that first phase, right? Mm-hmm. And they build upon that, and it teaches them disciplines that'll give them for future gaining phases. But talk us through that sort of the first ever time we pushed up when you came on board, right? Twenty eighteen, we pushed up straight away, yeah. right? Did you at any point feel uncomfortable during that? And then during the set, maybe perhaps during the first push phase, uh, second push phase there after your prep, um, well, which is the big off season, but you know what I mean. We had a yeah. mi- mini push and then a big push. So talk us through, you know, did you feel 
more uncomfortable then than you do say now because you look and those of you that don't don't know I, I haven't posted it yet but um, by the time this goes live I don't think I'll post it there's a comparison of you at peak body weights yeah and you just look so different but to get to be to be here now you had to go through them now you didn't you didn't look bad at all but what i'm saying in general is people will think in their head oh my god i look really bad so just talk talk us through that yeah so again it's just one of those things where when you're pushing your body weight up um you how would you put this you need to have again that conversation with your coach and i suppose you need to trust your, co- your coach enough to know like you've said many times before that your coach is not going to let you get fat or let you get <laughs> right and that's you know, like, the first yeah the first sort of baseline thing to note down um yes of course you're going to be uncomfortable i remember the first time when i first started working with you and we started pushing all these calories up i was like what the fuck is going on here i'm i thought you know, hiring a coach was to diet. I was like, this may, I'd never done a purposeful bulking phase. I had never tried to actively gain weight in my life ever. I'd always tried to lose weight unsuccessfully because I kept binging again. Um, so that was just like, whoa, okay, weird. Um, there did come a point where I was like, you know, at a higher body weight. Um, and that was just a bit strange, but my strength was at an all time high. And then we started dieting down. And then I think the second time around, that was a bit harder um, because we knew we didn't have that much time. And because I was a student, um, it meant that, and I'd never done such a long, you know, long off season. Um, I had a bit, I suppose a bit less discipline. Um, And because we had to gain weight a little bit quicker to gain that much tissue, you know, you go from being pretty lean, like stage lean and four months later, it's Christmas and you're like, you know, six kilos, six, seven kilos above stage weight. And then they, you know, when you're five foot two on a good day, uh, six <laughs> kilos. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I was literally a button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like six kilos. It, it's a pretty noticeable difference. Um, and yeah, you do start to feel quite uncomfortable because, you know, you've been also getting all this praise, but like being leaning, you're like, yes, like I was that person. And then, you know, now your fucking gene, your genes don't fit and you're like, oh shit, that's a bit awkward. Um, so yeah, there, there definitely are times where you feel uncomfortable, but again, it's what you choose to focus on. And there will be days that are a bit more difficult that you do have a bit more of like a, a wobbly, um, like body image on that day. But if you focus on your performance at the gym, if you focus on getting strong, if you focus on progressing your logbook numbers, then you almost have to just trust that it's that it's worth it trust that it's going to work not that you're always pushing body weight up to then diet down to then push it back up to then diet down but ultimately if your goal is to gain muscle mass like you just have to trust the process and having a coach there to make sure that you know how's the program going how are your lifts going are the numbers going up how are we looking and to see those differences and those changes in your body composition with the coaching eye it, you know it's invaluable so yeah there were days where i did feel pretty uncomfortable like especially at the back end you know i remember i had um like a pub crawl with all my classmates and it was like a silly shirt themed or shit shirt themed and i went looking for a t-shirt and i was like fuck me like nothing fits comfortably like it was two sides around my arms and i was like oh this is so uncomfortable um and yeah there were days i'd check in and i'd be like fuck me man like not cute because i had maybe been hung over the day before you know eating a bit like shit um trying to go to the gym 
and like almost being sick because I was too hungover to really be there. Uh, again, box ticket till the end. Yeah. <laughs> I will try. Um, so yeah, so it can it can get quite uncomfortable at certain stages. But like I said, it's about knowing that you know trusting that process. I do remember like being at the peak of my off season last year and looking at prep photos and looking at like show day photos and thinking, how the fuck am I gonna do this again? Thinking I I have like. 12 kilos to pull off you're like what how, how did i do that like how did i do, actually do that yeah. and then you start the process and it's absolutely fine and i think it's the same now it's you know there's days where you do feel a bit you know a bit chunkier uh there's days where you know you might not have moved an item of clothing into your diet wardrobe and you've got it in your off-season wardrobe and you go well <laughs> that didn't fucking work did it um and you know it's there's ways and ways you can choose to focus on you know scrutinizing your body every single day telling yourself oh i look fat i've gained fat well yeah you have because you're trying to gain weight right now mm. um or you can choose to focus on how much muscle you've built how much stronger you feel how much better you feel and how much healthier you probably look too um and you know it's it's about finding to an extent that balance um and knowing that the discomfort again in the same way that the discomfort in a prep phase um it you know it expands that that circle it's exact same thing in the off season if you can push past especially as a female i think if you can push past that almost a society norm of like always having to be small and like not being strong and all this type of stuff and if you can go in and beast a session and be the guy on every single rep and every set then well what are you going to focus on what's going to be more helpful or or less helpful to your journey um and it's almost like contextualizing it a little bit in that way I, that's that's what's going to help you pull your head out your ass even on the bad days yeah all all fair points one of the main things i think that's pretty eye-opening i had forgotten about was the change that you made from sh- from from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen, your off season was as a student, mm-hmm. and who else can say that? That they, yeah. they they gained the tissue that you gained, and they handed in their dissertation on a Friday, and and did a show on a Sunday. <laughs> when people tell me they don't have the time to compete, I just show them you. <laughs> I just say here's someone that goes to bed at half eight and I now works a full time job had does coaching online, blah, blah, blah. Um, last, the year before, Masters, blah, blah. And I think that it's a, um, it's a definite, you know, it, we, we said that you're a definition definition of a box ticker, perhaps definition of a hard work, hard fucking work as yeah. well. But, um, <laughs> but the thing is that ultimately hard work that, you know, it's um, hard work will beat kind of luck and genetics in this sport. Fuck, we, don't uh, believe, we don't believe in luck. You know, that's it. It's it's a it's a mere certainty, as you would say. Yeah. Um, if you put in the work, and and that's it. It's ultimately, and again, it's about being committed to that process. I mean, I know when when I stepped off stage in 2018, and I moved to Loughborough to do my masters, I was like, well, I know I'm competing next year, so I'm already committed to that goal. Like, it's gonna happen in a year's time. So, it never mind just prep. Like now, I'm gonna have to you know five o'clock in the morning my my friends would be like what the fuck are you doing like five o'clock in the morning getting up and going to the gym and I was like well you know I've got training to do <laughs> this is part of what I need to do um to in order to achieve the goals that I set myself in order to step on stage and be proud of myself for the hard work I've put in um and you know it's just about just 
grinding it out and don't get me wrong i mean even now my alarm goes off at quarter to five and i go some days i'm buzzing other days i'm just like fuck me man but you don't snooze it you just get up you have your coffee you have your pre-workout meal and you fuck off and you go train um mm-hmm. you know it sounds again context is everything right um but if you're passionate about what you do if you have big goals um and if you're interest and your passion for those goals are stemming from a healthy place then you know ultimately you need to do, you need to know what you need to do uh and you need to enjoy doing what you do uh yeah. nine times out of ten at least even on the shitty days <laughs> yeah 100 percent. because i think it's, i think something else to add that if you're invested in the journey i think when you get to the destination you appreciate it appreciate it so much more because of the time it fucking took you to get there yeah. it's just like next year when you go on stage and I have no doubts of what I know you will achieve. Um, mm-hmm. That will not have happened by chance. No. You will have not have been lucky. It's because you fucking worked hard. And exactly. the harder that you work, the luckier that you get. Isn't that funny? That's what people That's what people say. Like, like oh my God, but you know, so, so you're so lucky. And you go, that's funny. Because it seems like, you know, just as I said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, again, I'm going off and, and people don't want to see that. People see the 18-week prep. They don't see the... 40, 50 year off season that you took, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you know, training really hard, looking at your logbook and genuinely just every time thinking, oh, Christ, this is going to be, this is going to be hard, but still going in and still beating the numbers. Uh, People don't want to see that because people don't want to understand and appreciate that in order to achieve big things. It takes more than, you know, the 18 week prep. Um, the 18 week prep might start you off an eight week prep might start you off uh, by all means but you know the goal the goal posts continue to move all the time um, and that's the exciting part of it because you're ultimately I mean you're chasing a better version of yourself that you know you will achieve because you're now doing the do to be that person in the future yeah 100% now I know, I know we're getting on here but um, one thing I think that we will uh, almost wrap up on um, well not quite wrap up on but it's just I'm sure there's been many moments and you've kind of you've alluded them throughout the episode that you've maybe thought that like many first timers do like just I'll never get there and mm-hmm. it, it, fuck that'll never be me like for example like you know like last year when I was like Clara you know you're going to win a show this year this, that's, that's the target you're like what? You, you know what I mean so talk us through you know have you have you went through that before? Um, just for the advice of the girls that are, that are sitting there, because I know one in particular, they're sitting there thinking, that's them. They're like, I'll never get like that. I'll never do that. Um, any of those moments that you've been through and the advice you would give because from that? Plenty. Plenty of <laughs> moments where I've been there. Um, my best advice is to, like I've sort of said before, is have the faith that the work that you're doing today is helping towards you reaching that goal eventually. Um, you know, I know that t- goals are ha- do have a time frame on them, but ultimately, it's just about understanding that you you're now doing what you need to be doing. You can't be doing anything else, and that right now you're doing everything that you can that you could possibly be doing to get to that place. You know, just because someone else is dieting and you're in an off season doesn't mean you should be dieting because your goals are different. So. Focus on where you're at now. 
focus on your journey and only compare yourself to where you were before. You know, you may have never thought that you were the type of person who would be in a gym five days a week. You may have not thought you were the type of person who would track their macros every day. Someone who stays consistent, consistently checking in with a coach every single week for however many weeks. You might not have thought you were the person that was able to do that, but you are because you've, you, you're doing that already. Um, so remind yourself of, of what you've already accomplished. Um, and like I said, don't try and fast forward the process. Don't try and accelerate it. Uh, there's no use in that. It will take as long as it takes. Same with the bulking phase, same with the dieting phase. It will take as long as it needs to take. So don't try and shortcut it just because it took whoever on Instagram to like, cause, just because they can prep in 12 weeks. You know, maybe they've done it before. Maybe they don't push their body weight up that much because they didn't need to. Yeah. Fuck knows. I mean, it could be so many different things. So, yeah, when you feel like you can't do it, focus on what you can do today. Focus on what you've already done up until now uh, and be content with knowing that that is everything you need to be doing um, right now. Because if there's more, your coach will tell you. Um yeah because oh, you'll, you'll know that there's more that you can do. If you finish a set and you go, I could have gone harder, go harder. Yeah. If you finish a day and you know you went over your calories, you know, that that's on you also. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, just trust that if you're doing everything that you can do, um, trust that it's enough. Yeah, 100%. I think more so now, like if I was, if you were to come on board right now in the position you were in 2018 we wouldn't compete for two years no but I, I mean and i say this to people a lot i have to give yourself and a few others that still work with me a lot of credit that you guys allowed me to make those mistakes and become a better yeah. coach right but um and 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 for that now clients that come on board i'm always like right you want to, like there's a few people that have signed up now that i'm like right if you want to compete it's the tail end of 2022 the earliest i, mm-hmm. I, I was like if you want to step on stage i was like, i'm not coaching you and I guess that as coaches, we have a prerogative um, to to tell people and be honest. If if we know, because at the time, I was like, yeah, cool, Clara, let's just do a show, fuck it. <laughs> but hey. Um, it but I'm was- so grateful that you did, because if I'm honest, if I hadn't stepped on stage in 2018, I don't think I would have had the confidence to, <clears throat> to commit to a goal like that during my master's year. I would have probably gotten cold feet, which means that I maybe wouldn't have competed up until now. And maybe I would have said, actually, this is not for me. I probably wouldn't be a fucking coach. I mean, what, you know, it would just be so different. So again, sometimes you you just go with those decisions and they tend to be the best outcome. And like you said, we all need some space either to make mistakes or to learn from those mistakes from other people. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to work with you and Ali and I've got you guys sort of in my corner helping me out but you know no one was born knowing everything um and again it's about because we've been working together for so long um now that process just becomes easier and easier and easier because mm. we've got that much data and we know each other so well um that even like the sort of coach athlete communication like it's fucking like it's so much easier yeah. um so yeah and, and that plays a role too yeah, I should also add that um, me and Ali don't know everything as well for anyone listening out there because you said, <laughs> said me, no, me and Ali still have so much to learn. <laughs> so much to learn. But um, in terms of training and prepping people and that type of thing, you, you I mean, you've got far more experience. You've got experience, that's all. We just, we've worked with more bodies. Um, yeah. And the more people that you work with, the more more mistakes you make and then you learn from them, you learn not to do again, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. Now, to wrap up 
this episode before we we go. Um, one thing I think that's kind of something I'll ask all people uh, that come on the podcast is just for you, what was the biggest thing that that lockdown taught you, or the biggest lesson that you learned from lockdown, and advice you give from that. Hmm. I think what I learned from lockdown is ah uh, how important I think how important your circle is um and how important it is to be able to voice your worries and your concerns to that circle um in the sense that they will make you realize how much more resilient you are um because again what not that I want to geek out right at the end of this podcast but a lot of the resilience research shows us that when we have a massive challenge we can only grow and become more resilient from that challenge if we have the right amount of support to match it right so of course lockdown and you know the last few months have been incredibly incredibly challenging but I think I'm grateful enough to come out a stronger person because of the support that I had around me so that resilience seeing myself come out so much more resilient has made me realize how important that circle um, and how important that support is so advice for anyone um is to make sure that you are being very purposeful with who you let into your fruit bowl because if there's one wonky fruit trust me the rest will get to shit and you, and you don't want that, uh, you really don't need to protect your... You need to put yourself first. There was, uh, a, really there, there was like a quote on Instagram. I'm sure you put that on your story the other day. The like, one. If there's like a bad lemon or something, something like that. Yeah, it's something like, you know, you wouldn't... Would, oh, I can't remember the quote, but one of my clients sent me it, and we use this all the time in our conversations. If she's listening, she'll be laughing right now. Um, it's something like, you know, your fruit bowl, like will be affected by one like rotten banana so get the fuck out of my fruit bowl yeah um, effectively one rotten banana is going to make everything else rot exactly it's, exactly it's, it's, and it's so important to make sure especially especially during challenging times like what has been up until now what will probably continue to be for a wee while um making sure that you you know that the people that you're relying on are people you you trust and that are also going to be there for you when that's not just like a one-way relationship where they offload and you don't get anything back um anyway i could go up on one with that but yeah i think it's make sure that when you are facing challenging situations that you have the right support around you and if you feel like you don't you can always um reach out to people who are more than willing going to be there to support you um you know if you've been going through you know if you're a bodybuilder or if you are interested in physique sports you know making sure that you've got your coach if your coach like us you know if you've got a team around you reaching out to that team i mean like i messaged you guys the other day i was like almost getting emotional because all of our clients are like having conversations like sharing advice like hyping each other up on the on the female group chat i was like oh my god our little babies <laughs> <laughs> like it's so exciting because then they benefit so much from that support as do we um so yeah make sure you curate your fruit bowl um and and reach out to those that you can get help from when you need help don't try and be a superwoman trust me uh, or a superman it doesn't work yeah you're percent right and i'm i'm always forever grateful um when i see moments like that to I've been part of bringing people together. Um, it is it is awesome because there's a lot of females in that chat. I know that without that support, 
uh, probably would have given up a long time ago or probably would have uh, not been where they are in, the, in their journey um, if yeah. it wasn't for just being being that support network. And, and some of them might not even say anything, but they're just the fact that they're part of it and they feel like a community <laughs> is is awesome. And I guess that that should bring us to, to conclude that if, if you are out there and you are thinking of anything that Clara said, you, you know, fucking hell, yeah, I'm thinking that and, and whatnot. I've not really said much. I've just sat and listened. Like I, <laughs> like I tend to do, right? Um, now is the opportune, opportune, opportune. That's not even a word. Now is the perfect time um, and opportunity to come on board and get involved with the team. Um, yes, we have just launched our eight-week physique program that is sold out. Um, however, uh, that is because we capped the amount of spaces because obviously we prioritise a lot of, you know, our time to full only coaching clients, and you know we all have spaces available. Um, not many, but there is some. Um, but I guess what I've seen is the team get a lot better results, not only on stage, but just with their physique, with such a, like a community around them. And, and that's a, a big thing that I say to, to anyone that, you know, when I first started out my journey, there wasn't anything like that. And it, it was just Ali. <laughs> right, Ali's still, it's, Ali's still around. You know, four years later, I can't get rid of the guy. Um but uh, no, I'm I'm grateful to be a part of it. Um, I just went off on a little bit of a rant there. Um, no, but totally. And I think that maybe I'll cut and stone hear it often enough. But, you know, I think I speak for Ali and you too. And we say that we're so grateful for those who work with us now, but also those of us who've been working with us for the last six months, because certainly um, it's kept us going and, you know, being able to still provide value to other people's lives. Like, uh, again, you just can't put a price on that. It's so rewarding and it's so exciting to get up on check-in days you know, know that you're gonna get everyone coming through to you, um, seeing their process. Like it's a very, very exciting pro- uh, exciting process in itself, um, and it definitely like it's just awesome. Every day is. It is indeed. Right. Well, I think that kind of sums up the the episode that coaching and being part of someone's journey is is fucking awesome. And um, mm-hmm. if you are listening, if you thought this podcast was uh, the bee's knees, please do share it on. Instagram, go give Clara's page a follow. I'm sure, but if they're listening to this, they already follow you. But if not, um, please do go follow it. And I'm sure I speak for me and Clara when I say wherever you are, wherever you do, give it the beans.